Welcome along to the ninth episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast with your hosts, Nick and Gwen. Today, we talk to Dr. Vasilis Simeo from Vataki Limited, based in Cyprus. Vasilis is an animal scientist specializing in sustainable animal husbandry practices. He works across all livestock species in Cyprus and has also been teaching animal science-related courses at the Technological University in Cyprus for the past eight years. The other interesting fact in Vasilis's background relevant to our podcast episode today is that he comes from a proud agricultural family and his father is a micro olive and carob tree grower. We will be quizzing him on the revival of carob for sustainable and climate smart agriculture in Cyprus. The carob is an evergreen tree cultivated for its edible pods and is used in human food, animal feed and for the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, and we are catching Vasilis at an important time for carob production in Cyprus. It is August and it is not only very hot, but also harvest time for carob. So first off, I asked Vasilis how the carob harvest in Cyprus was going so far. Uh, yes, Nick, harvest uh, is now in full swing. And I think this year the, har- the harvest will last much longer than usual because this year is a very special year for the carob producers. I believe not a single carob will be left on the trees uncollected. And there is a reason for that, is because the carob prices increased significantly at approximately 900 euros per ton from 500 euros per ton last year. And usually it's 250 euros per ton, not very long ago. In terms of yield, uh, I speculate, I don't know yet because uh, we are still halfway of uh, of harvesting, but I speculate it should be around a normal 9,000 tons that Cyprus usually produce. So, I mean, there's a price gone up, you know, in line with everything else that's going up at the I, moment, do you think? I think it went uh, much more than everything else, considering that the last year was 500 euros and this year is approximately 900 euros. I don't but know the, the reason for that. Yeah. But so, the, the producers are grateful. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if my maths is correct, then that's what, about 90% increase? Oh, yes, almost, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, it is labor-intensive because we need to collect the caropods from a, a relatively large evergreen um, tree that is more than 12 meters high. The caropods are uh, prodded out of the tree, off the tree, with a large aluminum rod, and they are often collected in nets placed under the tree. Uh, harvesting uh, can be done should be done carefully to avoid damaging the next year harvest, which are next to the mature ripe pods, which you want to um, prune it off the tree. Unfortunately, or fortunately, in the case of Cyprus, because we do not have the economies of scale like Spain and Algeria, I believe this crop cannot be mechanized 
for example, uh, using vibration technology like olive trees, because the carob wood is fragile and breaks very easily. So once the carobs are collected, they are sold to the local factories, which are usually co-op cooperatives. And at the processing, uh, during the processing, the carob pot, the carob seed is separated from the carob pot. The carob pot is exported to Spain or Italy to be produced as a locust beam gap and is used as a thickening and stabilizing agent in the food industry, as well as in the cosmetic and the pharmaceuticals. The rest of the pot is either animal feed, it's fed to the animals, or becomes a carob syrup, and you can use it as a squash, or a carob powder for human consumption. And it's also worth mentioning that the carob is very high in delta pinitol, which is found to reduce the glucose level in patients of uh, diabetics. So it, the, the harvest is a difficult process, but um, it can be used for uh, the, the carob pot can be used in various uh, uh, processes for human and for animal consumption. Yeah, so I also have a question for you. I mean, before you can start harvesting a tree, how many years does it take uh, before you can get the first harvest of a carob tree? Yes, uh, well, the carob tree is unfortunately a slow growing tree and we need at least five years of nurture to get the first harvest. Provided, of course, it is not eaten by any grazing animals um, because carob trees are irresistible to ruminants and something interesting to, to uh, not mention is that carob bark is irresistible to rats. Um, what amazing properties the bark has for the rats to eat, uh, it really fascinates me. But it, it needs five years uh, of nurture to get your first harvest. Okay, yeah. And um, I mean... Cyprus is not the only producer of carob in the Mediterranean. How does it compare the carob production in Cyprus to some of the other countries like Greece or um, Morocco, Italy? Is it sort of on a similar amount or do you have Indeed, a higher proportion? When, uh, well, currently Cyprus has an insignificant share to the world's uh, carob production. But this wasn't always the case. In the 1900s, Cyprus had five times more caro production than now, making Cyprus the third biggest exporter worldwide. Uh, but uh, as Cyprus moved from agricultural-based economy to a financial service system, the caro production dwindled. Uh, the remaining agriculture sector focused on better cash crops, uh, like the famous potato, uh, which grows in Terra Rosa soils, or the world-renowned uh, halloumi cheese, which is an ancient grilled cheese, and uh, right now it has protected designated of origin, PDO. Why do you think this crop is so suited uh, to the Mediterranean climate? Yes, uh, basically the carob tree is native. Uh, to the coastal plains and hills of Eastern Mediterranean, and that's Cyprus. Carob uh, has very limited soil requirements. 
It can grow in shallow and deep soils, but really thrives in alkaline, well-drained limestone soils, something that not many trees can survive. Uh, another thing is that carob is drought tolerant because of its really vast root systems, even in shallow soils, which is amazing. Uh, carob does require a little bit of rainfall. It requires an annual rainfall of 500 millimeters per year to have a carob production, a significant carob production. But what's interesting about the carob tree is that it is a, it is a, a saline tolerant tree, uh, which is very convenient because of the abundant semi-saline water of the coastal aquifers of Cyprus which is used for irrigation because most of the times we don't even have the 500 milliliters per year. So, and, and you know, increased incidences of drought and forest fires across Europe, um, are they helping to revive the popularity of this crop also in Cyprus? I think so, Gwen. Uh, of course, a carob tree is more tolerant to fires than let's say a pine tree which has been traditionally used for afforestation. Uh, so after a fire, if the roots of the carob tree are, are not burned, and it's very difficult to burn the roots of the carob tree, mm -hmm. uh, it regenerates itself in a very short period of time compared, of course, to most other trees and, and let's say the pine tree that we, that we discussed. So I think it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes. And I think it, it, it started to increase its popularity. Uh, that's really interesting, yeah. And in, in terms of uh, sustainability, um, why, why do you think planting carob trees is a more sustainable use of land compared to, uh, for example, planting potatoes or, or olive trees? Yes, well, I will say with confidence that in Cyprus case, planting carob trees is more sustainable than uh, planting olive trees or any other tree in this matter, because a carob tree requires no fertilizers, which is hugely important because fertilizers is a finite resource and very expensive nowadays. And uh, it has very few plant diseases that will affect the carob tree. Therefore, there is no need to use any pesticides. Um, carob tree, though, needs a good rodent control protocol, and it does require a little bit of trimming once per year, which grazing animals are more than happy to perform. Another very important sustainability factor is that the carob during processing uh, at the processing units has a zero waste compared to olive trees in which we have the olive meal wastewater. In addition, its vast root system prevents soil erosion and maybe in the future, planting carob trees will be traded for carbon sequestration. This is my opinion and my hope, to be honest, uh, because uh, those roots can sustain, can hold for a long period of time, a lot of carbon from, from the air. So should we replace olive trees with carob trees? We could, 
but uh, there is so much grazing land in Cyprus that is not suited for any other crop other than carob trees. So I think that uh, we can plant trees, carob trees, in a very poor soils, uh, and usually those poor soil systems are found on the mountains. Now, uh, replacing in terms of the potatoes, for your question, replacing a fertilizing, demanding, and always 30, thirsty potatoes with carob trees, I think that there is no need for the time being because in Cyprus, usually the potatoes, we grow them on clay, clay fertile soil, which the carob trees don't particularly like. They thrive in the alkaline soils. And because they are vast root system, might rot in the, in the clay soils if there is too much water in, in the clay soils. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, uh, carob trees are the more sustainable a tree for in the in the in the case of Cyprus. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, okay, so over to Gwen now for the animal nutrition questions, Gwen. Yeah, so of course, you know, uh, we're also interested in how livestock farmers are taking advantage of carob trees and what part of um, the tree are they using um, for animal feed. Um, usually when we when the carobs are collected and the seeds are are being exported for um, usually in uh, usually in Spain and um, and uh, to to be processed as a locust gum and bean gum which is used as a thickening and stabilizing agent what is left uh, you in the past it was uh, uh, consumed by animals. Uh, now uh, there is a, a, a competition and uh, it's used for human consumption because uh, it is very high in sugar content and has a very high ratio of sucrose to fructose and um, it is very rich on oligosaccharides. So people with diabetics, uh, type 2 diabetes can, can use uh, the carob meal. But uh, in terms of uh, what can be used, only the bark and the seeds of the carob cannot be used as animal feeds, at least in the case of ruminants, which ruminants are cow, sheep, and goats. Ruminants really love carob leaves and carob pots, and so as swine. This is mentioned in the Bible, in the Luke's Gospel. Uh, in the Bible, the carob pots is also known as St. John's Peter, because it's said that it nourishes uh, the Jesus baptizer in the wilderness. Unfortunately, or unfortunately for us researchers, there is a limited research on carob meal in poultry, which I think it's something worth researching. So mm -hmm. uh, it is, it, it, it was, it has been taken into advantage the carob meals, but probably not with the current prices. Okay, so with the current prices, you're not expecting an increased demand then uh, for using... Uh, Gwen, I think, with, I think with the current prices, mm. we cannot use it at all in feed formulations. Oh, okay. it's, it's too expensive because now a lot, a lot of carob is used for human consumptions rather than animal consumptions because it's so valuable in terms of nutrition. 
Uh, it's a shame for us, but uh, we have been using it for many, many years now. I don't know if we keep using it. We will see. So yeah, it's not something that you would be kindly recommending then in for using animal diets because it will just be pushing up the price of the feed as well. Yes, but if the price are correct, if the price are correct, I will recommending I will recommend it at lactating animals mm -hmm. because it will increase the food intake. It makes the food more palatable. Yeah. It also prevents constipation in sows and prevents ketosis, which is a metabolic disease in both ruminants and monogastrics. And for the ruminants, which we said it's um, um, sheep, goat, and cows, uh, the carob also decreases the frequency of rumen acidosis, which is a metabolic disease. The carob milk can also be used in winner diets. Winners are the young piglets, because we found that the... Um, it, it's rich in oligosaccharides, and these oligosaccharides act as probiotic and decreases the chances of diarrhea for the winners, uh, which is very interesting. But it, it really all depends on the price of the, of the yeah. feed materials. In fact, of all, all, all the feed materials, in terms of feed formulations, we are changing it. We are changing the formulations all the time because of the, this huge fluctuation of feed prices. And this also takes place with carob, unfortunately. So, but what would be the, you know, if the price is right, what would be sort of the inclusion level, for example, for, for a sour diet? Yes, uh, you cannot use too much of it in the sour diet. It can only be used at uh, 50 kilos per ton, maximum 50 kilos per ton for the sows, as well as the winners. Mm -hmm. uh, for the ruminants, uh, you can use you can go up to half a kilo per cow per day. Uh, so they can eat a lot and, and it helps them a lot, really. Uh, what are you currently seeing crop farmers um, do to adapt in increasing, um, you know, hot summer and um, drought in Cyprus? Well, we should adapt to this new environment of climate change uh, as quickly as possible, in my opinion. And I think that we should give more emphasis to drought tolerant trees like uh, carob trees and maybe olive trees. And as well, for sure, give emphasis to drought tolerant herbs such as oregano and thyme. We should stop planting avocado trees and watermelon. It's actually madness if you think about it of the, in terms of carbon footprint and water footprint for those cultivations. And finally, I think that we should, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I am an animal scientist, not a crop scientist, but I think we should also replace wine yards with carob trees because due to the climatic change, we cannot produce best quality wine unless the wine yards are at, at altitudes more than 700 meters above sea level where it is much cooler than uh, at the and less humidity compared to near the coast. So yes, I think that uh, this is what we should do uh, in terms of crop farmers. So those interesting insights from Vasilis brings us to the end of another Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast. We hope that the 2022 Carol Harvest concludes successfully for farmers in Cyprus. 
This episode definitely also brought us back to a very nice holiday we had in Cyprus earlier this year. Coming up, we have a couple of really exciting episodes for you in the autumn, so please look out for those. Until then, it's goodbye from both of us. And don't forget as well to drop us a like or a comment on our Twitter channel at Agile Farming.